0: The world changed while I slept, and much to my surprise, no one had consulted me. That's how it would always be from that day forward. Of course, that's the way it had been all along. I just didn't know it until that morning. Surprise upon surprise, some good, some evil, most somewhere in between, and always without my consent. I was barely eight years old, and had spent hours dreaming of childish things, as children do. My father, who vividly remembered his prior incarnation as King Louis Sixteenth of France, probably dreamt of costume balls, mobs, and guillotines. My mother, who had no memory of having been Marie Antoinette, couldn't have shared in his dreams. Maybe she dreamt of hibiscus blossoms and fine silk. Maybe she dreamt of angels— as she always encouraged me to do. Sueña con los angelitos, she would say. Dream of little angels. The fact that they were little meant they were too cute to be fallen angels. Devils can never be cute. The tropical sun knifed through the gaps in the wooden shutters, as always, extending in narrow shafts of light above my bed, revealing entire galaxies of swirling dust specks. I stared at the dust, as always, rapt. I don't remember getting out of bed, but I do remember walking into my parents' bedroom. Their shutters were open, and the room was flooded with light. As always, my father was putting on his trousers over his shoes. He always put on his socks and shoes first, and then his trousers. For years, I tried to duplicate that nearly magical feat, with little success. The cuffs of my pants would always get stuck on my shoes, and no amount of tugging could free them. More than once I risked an eternity in hell and spit out swear words. I had no idea that if your pants are baggy enough, you can slide them over anything, even snowshoes. All I knew then was that I couldn't be like my father. As he slid his baggy trousers over his brown wingtip shoes, effortlessly, Louis Sixteenth broke the news to me. Batista is gone. He flew out of Havana early this morning. It looks like the rebels have won. You lie, I said. No, I swear, it's true, he replied. Marie Antoinette, my mother, assured me it was true as she applied lipstick, seated at her vanity table. It was a beautiful piece of mahogany furniture with three mirrors, one flat against the wall, and two on either side of that, hinged so that their angles could be changed at will. I used to turn the side mirrors so they would face each other and create infinite regressions of one another. Sometimes I would peer in and plunge into infinity. You'd better stay indoors today, my mother said. God knows what could happen. Don't even stick your head out the door. Maybe she too had dreamt of guillotines after all, or maybe it was just sensible motherly advice. Perhaps she knew that the heads of the elites don't usually fare well on the street when revolutions triumph, not even when the heads belong to children. That day was the first of January, 1959. The night before, we had all gone to a wedding at a church in the heart of Old Havana. On the way home, we had the streets to ourselves— not another moving car in sight. Not a soul on the Malecon, the broad avenue along the waterfront. Not even a lone prostitute. Louis Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette kept talking about the eerie emptiness of the city. Havana was much too quiet for a New Year's Eve. I can't remember what my older brother Tony was doing that morning, or for the rest of the day. Maybe he was wrapping lizards in thin copper wire and hooking them up to our Lionel train transformer. He liked to electrocute them. He liked it a lot. He was also fond of saying, shock therapy, ha! That should cure them of their lizard delusion. I don't want to remember what my adopted brother Ernesto was doing. Probably something more monstrous than electrocuting lizards. My older brother and my adopted brother had both been Bourbon princes in a former life. My adopted brother had been the Dauphin, the heir to the French throne. My father had recognized him on the street one day, selling lottery tickets, and brought him to our house immediately. I was the outsider. I alone was not a former Bourbon.